You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome to another episode of The Potato Files. I am your host, the human potato of comedy, Jeff Paul. Today, my uh, host, or my guest, I'm the host, my guest is a comedian. Uh, have you acted? I don't know if you've acted. Uh, yeah. Bit, you've been bit. done some acting. He's been on Master Chef. He runs Canada Laughs on Sirius XM with a show on there. Do you still do comic strip? Yeah, man. He's still doing comic strip. Ben Miner is our guest today. Uh, honk your horn, fucking whatever you do. I don't know what you do out there when you get excited for my guests. And I have a basketball show too on Canada Talks. Oh yeah? What's yeah. the basketball show about basketball? Yeah, man. All Raptors? Raptor-centric, but also uh, looking at the NBA as a whole, and it's called The Basketball Court. Really? Yes. You do that solo? No, no, no. It's hosted by myself, Frank Trachtenberg, and Brody Hamilton. Okay. Are these guys, uh, these guys basketball people, or are they just... Nah, we're comics? all just out of shape dudes. Out of shape dudes? They, yeah. They know how it's done. <laughs> yeah, we uh, started carrying the Raptors games on Canada Talks, which is like our sister station at uh, Sirius XM. And uh, when I found that out, I remember it was at the photocopier getting something, and I looked at Frank, I'm like, you want a basketball show? He's like, yeah. <laughs> then I yelled at my buddy Aaron that runs the channel, I was like, Yo, man, just give us a basketball show, right? <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay. And then we looked at the schedule and it actually worked. And uh, Brody Hamilton is a basketball nerd that I work with as well. And uh, an excellent ops. So he ops the show and co-hosts and Frank produces and co-hosts. And yeah, Brody does a lot of the research as well. But yeah, I do. I'm just a fat. Isn't it nice to just guy. have an idea and be like, you know what? I want to do this. And then yell across the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Alex, I want to start a second podcast. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah, see, see? that? Hey, we, we got power. <laughs> you know, I can do pretty much whatever I want here at Never Sleeps Network. I got to mention it four times. Right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're not uh, we're not serious XM. I don't even think we're serious, are we? Are we a serious podcast network? He seems to think we are. I don't take anything too serious. Anyway, enough of this tomfoolery. Let's get down to what the Potato Files is all about. Here we go. We're going to open you up, Ben. We're going to uh, we're going to let people know where you come from. Really? What made you Ben Miner? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kind of regretting getting high before I come here now. You and like me committed. both, buddy. No, no. Let loose. Go nuts. We want to. Um. Well, where did it all start? December 9th, 1998, in a comedy club in Ottawa called Yuck Yucks. No, and, not yeah. that starts. The the first star. Where? First joke I told? No, where? First, the, I want to know about the load your dad busted into your mom. That's, <laughs> how, that's how far back I want to go. Oh, uh, Ottawa, back in 1980. 1980, Ottawa. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm born in 80. Good year. Good year. Brothers, sisters? No. No, solo child, eh? Yeah, How was that? You like that? Yeah, it's all right. I guess you don't know different. Nah, if you grow up with it. I mean, I have friends with brothers and sisters, and they seem to have had a good experience, but uh, I was fortunate that I had a lot of cousins that were in the neighborhood, too. Mm -hmm. uh, my whole family was kind of within walking distance, so okay, okay. I didn't feel it as much as uh, other people would have. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I had two brothers growing up, and it was uh, it was good, I guess. I don't know. Was one of them named Paul? Uh, that that would have been. I didn't want to name my kid Paul. Paul Paul. Paul Paul. But give him a real cool nickname. So uh, P squared. Or like Paul Alexander Paul. You know that'd be all right. Pap. I'm not gonna have a child, but or maybe we will. Kira, are we gonna have kids? She's like one of the. If you do, lists. can you please consider Paul Paul? Paul Paul. Paul Paul. P P. 
That's a great name. <laughs> that kid's got to fucking grow up to be something, man. What's your name? Paul Paul? Paul Paul, okay. I'll take it. It sounds like a cheer. Paul Paul. <laughs> It'll be the new fucking brat brat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Paul Paul, Paul Paul. <laughs> exactly. I like it, man. Yeah, he'll be, he's got DJ written all over him. I think man. he does. Entertainer. DJ Paul least. Paul in the house. Paul Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what kind of upbringing are you? Uh, what are your parents doing for a living? Uh, my mom's retired. No, like, well, I'm talking, she, talking I was, get, I was getting to yeah, it, man. Yeah, yeah. Man, Jesus, She's settle re- down, potato. <laughs> my mom's currently retired. She was a pharmacy tech. Uh, my father was around growing up and he's passed away now. He passed away a couple of years ago. He wasn't around growing up? No, nah, my folks got divorced when I was about three and, uh, yeah, he just didn't hang out. So mom raised you? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Did, was there any contact with your dad at all or? Eh, not really. Every now and then. Every now and again? What about yeah. near the end? No. No? It was just like no. total blackout? Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. It's just, uh, I kind of felt like it was on him to get in touch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he didn't. Nah, so I was like, whatever. And then I found out he passed away through a Facebook message Ugh. in my other inbox. Oh, <laughs> the other yeah, inbox? Yeah, so the other you inbox. You got it weeks later? Yeah, I got it a few days later. Oh, okay. It wasn't that bad then. And at the time they sent it, uh, he was, I guess, deathly ill. And they, uh, it was my cousin, I guess, some chick, mm-hmm. I guess, she's my cousin. And uh, so, you know, are you blah, 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 are you so-and-so's kid? I'm like, yeah. And it's weird because Miner's my mom's maiden name. I changed my name because I told myself at one point when I started taking it seriously, I was like, man, I don't want his name to be in lights. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and plus it's a, it's a goofy French name. What is the real name? Ah, fuck it. Still doesn't need to be said. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, it's just minors. Everyone around me that helped raise me and was around me was a minor. So I was, you know, I asked the family, would mm-hmm. you be cool? And they're like, of course. So then it was Ben Minor, but uh, I ended up getting in touch with his sister. Or she called me, and it's so funny. She goes, she tells me the news, blah, blah, blah. He was sick. He passed away. And she goes, so what do you do for a living? She goes, you, your Uncle John, my mom's brother-in-law, married to my Aunt Barb, my mom's sister. Because your Uncle John was a delivery man, and I'd see him sometimes. And he said you would do comedy. <laughs> do you still do comedy shows? <laughs> then I get a little chip At least on. I didn't call it the comedy. I always like that one. Yeah, well, you she's French. Comedy, eh? she, she's French. She may have said the comedy. <laughs> and uh, then I got a little chip on my shoulder. And I was like... Uh, yeah, I still do the comedy. I just got back from doing the comedy in Mexico for just for laughs. <laughs> oh, my dear. <laughs> then I just start rattling off credits for it. And then I finally go, oh, and also I was the finalist on MasterChef. She's like, oh, dear. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Here's my bio. Here's my reel. And then this is the best stamp. And it sounds cold, but whatever. It was more like props to my mom. I said, and you can mention my name in the obituary, but you mentioned minor because all those accolades, all those things I just told you, those are my mums as well. And he played no part in those. There you go. Yeah. So. So I know it's petty, but, no, but whatever. Fuck you. Yeah, man. I, uh, I I've got, uh, I've got an estranged family member and, uh. Whatever, I don't... Uh... Well, I didn't miss it like other people did because I had a really good group of people around me. Yeah, and, and when, when he leaves so soon... Yeah, I didn't know any different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't really miss anything. I have like a handful of memories of him, but I've got, you know, amazing aunts and uncles who went beyond mm-hmm. to just be super cool with me. And I remember my godparents were on my father's side too, and they fucked off. I mean, I didn't get any Christmas gifts from them or anything. <laughs> and uh, 
all my aunts and uncles on my mom's side at some point in my life took me aside and whispered, you know, we're your real godparents, right? <laughs> so I was the only, like, <laughs> oh, the only kid out of the nieces and nephews that got uh, birthday and Christmas gifts every year. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they all made up for it, man. I was raised by a single mom and I had a toy room. That's good. I had an unfinished basement. We could do whatever the fuck we wanted down there. A lot of holes in that wall from fucking hockey no pucks and shit. <laughs> no, I was spoiled, man. I had everything. I don't remember not having a video game system. I had like ColecoVision. I had Commodore. I had Atari, Nintendo. I had literally, I don't remember not having a video game system. What's uh, what's mom's working like hours? Like she a daytime worker when you were a kid? So yeah. Home she every would... night, cooking dinner. Oh, well, my mom wasn't a good cook. <laughs> no, my grandmother was an amazing cook and she would babysit me. Okay. And my mom would work out in the uh, the south end from about, I think she'd leave at like 6.30, 7 in the morning, get back at probably around 5 for the most part. Then she ended up working downtown a little later on, which is uh, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But by that point, I was a teenager and I didn't really give a shit. Yeah. So Your grandma matter. teach you to cook then? No. We watched a lot of cooking shows together back mm. when cooking shows actually taught you how to cook. Yeah. Like Yan Can <laughs> Cook and Pasquale's Kitchen Italiano. And uh, the urban peasant and cooks like that. I love watching cooking shows now. They're like, now get your blowtorch out. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just a guy in a kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, or it's just, it's always ingredients. It's like, all right, you've got a cow lung, a half a radish, and a jar of fucking marmalade. What are you going to do with this? Like, fuck, that's not a meal. I don't think that's not a real thing. Yeah. I just miss the days when you can cook with it. And my grandmother... And I would watch all those. It was a trade-off because either that or watch her stories, you know, watch her, her soap <laughs> operas. So I was watching cooking shows with her. And eventually, because she was diabetic, her eyesight started getting bad. And I was about 13 years old. And I was man, I'm going to put some of this knowledge to, yeah. to, to work. And I remember I made her uh, stir-fry. It was the first thing I ever made. Okay. Just like a beef and rice stir-fry with some green peppers and some onions and really basic. And some garlic and I think a little bit of cornstarch. And uh, I brought it up to her, and I remember she called my mom up afterwards, and she said, which means I don't know what the little I don't know what the little bugger made, but it was good. Yeah, so that was the first thing I made for. Her. So your grandma lived with you then? No, she lived up the road. Okay. Yeah. She just come over every day and. Oh, well, I would go there. Oh, you go there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she uh, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, she's an older lady. She yeah, what kind of neighborhood you living in? Just like a little suburb? It was funny. It was rough growing up. And now it's like hipster Mecca. <laughs> it's the new, it's Ottawa's equivalent to Dundas and Ossington or Queen West. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Because when I was growing up, it was rough. We had a biker gang uh, living at, like they had a clubhouse yeah. right behind us. I miss biker gangs. You never see them anymore. Well, you still see them. <laughs> yeah, there was a biker gang that would live behind, they uh, had a big ass clubhouse behind us. And one year, it was in the winter, we used to, uh, it was like an old house. And we had the top floor. It was all old windows. My mom used to put plastic in the windows because it would be a little drafty. Yeah. And that year, the clubhouse got bombed Jeez. in the winter. And it was literally like a 30-second walk. Mm-hmm. Like You could see it from the balcony on my mom's uh, bedroom. Yeah. And we never woke up. My aunt, who lives 15 blocks away, thought her furnace exploded. <laughs> we never woke up. And that following spring, she took the plastic off the window and all the glass fell out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's crazy. Man, man. But it's cleaned up now, eh? Yeah, now it's hipster mecca. I was a little shit with the bikers, though, because I always heard that they were good to kids. Everyone's like, they're really good to kids, so you don't need to worry about the bikers. And I was like, all right, I'll put that theory to the test. <laughs> and uh, they would move their clubhouse just like a little bit up the road and like around the corner. Mm-hmm. I remember being a little fucker, just standing there in the corner, watching my cartoons, and they'd just go by in the summer, like 20, 30 bikes in a row. <laughs> 
TV's had shitty audio then. They're drowning out my cartoons. <laughs> and I get mad. I walk out. I remember my little pajamas with the collar and everything. And I walk out. And I grab my cock and balls and I give them the finger on the corner. <laughs> I was a little shit like that too. Man. Oh, I did worse after that too when I was older. I was, yeah, when I was like 10 years old, I had a penny saver route. And every now and then you'd have a uh, an insert that you would give in the bag. And that particular week, the insert was a single tampon. <laughs> and I loaded a bunch into one bag and I just brought it up to the biker clubhouse. <laughs> and there was a guy at the front and I knock on the door and he opens it. And I go, hey, man, here you go. <laughs> and I walk away and my shoulders are just bouncing. <laughs> and I just like, I'm having trouble breathing. I'm trying not to laugh. Then all I hear is another guy go who's that and then the biker at the door is like a little fat kid just gave us a bag full of tampons <laughs> oh, yeah. did, did that make you laugh or were you like that fucker oh, i was dying <laughs> okay i'm still like i almost doubled over in the laneway yeah it was hilarious that's great man. i think i was with my cousin and he was like don't do it don't do it don't do it i'm like fuck i'm 10 what are they gonna do they like kids i remember the dumbest thing i ever did we used to go to buffalo uh because i grew up in niagara so to go to a nhl game was a thousand times cheaper to cross the border to go to buffalo and it was like half hour closer as well uh so we'd always go to sabers games over there and i remember walking to a game and these two black guys because it wasn't in a nice neighborhood i don't think buffalo has a nice neighborhood and uh the dude honestly opened up his jacket and had like watches hanging like you like you'd see in old movies and shit and he's like he goes my dad's like yo you want to buy a watch i go you stole those didn't you <laughs> and the dude like shut his jacket he's like what and my dad just like covered my mouth he's like i'm so sorry sir just walked me away man <laughs> I would have bought a watch. <laughs> Crossing the border too as a dick, because we used to always do cross border shopping, and uh, if my mom didn't buy me something, I'd try and fuck her, fuck her over. At the <laughs> yeah, that was a Freudian slip there. <laughs> no, yeah, I tried to fuck. Her. No, I tried to fuck her over at the border because uh, we'd have to go through customs, and she'd always be lying about the contents of the trunk. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, I just got, uh, I just got some gas and a bit of groceries, but she's got like four cases of beer and mm -hmm. fucking all that stuff. I was like, don't lie to the man, Mom. oh, you little shit. And the customs guy just starts laughing. He's like, Get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> That's wicked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, uh, I was, I was a weird kid for sure. Were you good in school? Depending. Depending. Yeah, I was good in different ways. I was, uh, I was kind of like Ferris Bueller in high school. <laughs> I was on all the committees. I mean, I even designed the uh, mascot costume. Nice. And I was the mascot. Nice. I was vice pres. I was charity this and that. Like, I was so active. I think my grades suffered. And then I switched to a different high school for my OACs, which was Back a thing. Back in the day, Back kids. Then. OAC grade used 13. to be grade 13. And it was funny. That new school, I did nothing but just, you know, attend class and work on shit. My overall average went up by almost 15%. I find OACs a better idea to give kids another year before you ship them off. Well, in Quebec, they've got Cégep, which is two years. Yeah. And then they get to skip their first year of university if they do it. And okay. it's a nice, inter it's like a nice intermediate thing between it. Because well, who knows like seven, what they like, want to like a 17 year old kid off on his own figure it out yeah 17 what do you want to do in your 40 <laughs> don't you know <laughs> i got a goddaughter she's turning 18 right now and she's in cjep and uh, her original plan is to be a dentist and now like she, she's like i don't want to do this i'm like cool don't do it I mean, you're going to be stuck doing whatever you're doing for a while yeah so take your time i mean fuck if you want to go travel go travel like i try to be the cool adult to her mm-hmm 
Or like just yeah, it doesn't have to be all nine to five. Pay your bills. Yeah, I was like, man, I'm going to live to like a hundred, and you're younger than me. You're going to live to like a hundred and twenty. So take your time <laughs> while you're young. Go have some fun. You really think you can make it a hundred, eh, Benny? I'll make it a hundred. <laughs> I'm stubborn, man. Uh, yeah, I'm stubborn. What uh, was it? English or French school? French. Yeah. Are you yeah. still uh, still fluent? Oh yeah. Yeah? yeah. yeah. How often do you speak it? Like when you talk to your ma, is it all in French? Uh, yeah, I speak French with my mom every now and then, but like family members and there's comics in the community I'll speak French with, like Hunter. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hunter and I speak French. Nice. Is your grandma's French? Mm-hmm. Were the cooking shows in French? No. Okay. I mean, we're all fluently bilingual. Okay. You know. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah well, living in. I guess Ottawa more prevalent. I found out I was in Ottawa a couple weeks ago. I went, I crossed over to Quebec and bought like four thirty packs of beer. <laughs> Didn't know that was illegal. Yeah, yeah. People cracked down on that. Well, their evidence is gone, so they can fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about religion? Catholic? Yeah, Catholic. French Catholic. Boy. <laughs> I was an altar boy at Me one too. point. Yeah, yeah. We have very, very many similarities. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. No, we. Uh, I remember. I didn't last very long, and I remember my buddy Phil. You know the, those big gowns they'd make you wear? Oh, yeah. And you had the rope belt. So Phil would always sit there, like, in that pew on, I guess, like, the stage or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. The altar? Yeah, I guess the altar. <laughs> and he would, like, kind of leave the space between his legs kind of, like, loose. And mm-hmm. he'd put the rope in between his legs. <laughs> and he'd sit there with his legs, with his hands on his thighs, and he'd snap his legs apart. Then the rope would pop up. <laughs> and he just kept doing that. And it went just high enough where it didn't, like, come into the view of the audience. Or, I guess, the audience, the crowd, whatever. I don't know. I'm looking at it like a show. Uh, so they couldn't see. And I'm sitting there and again. Little fat kid, my shoulders just start bouncing. It was just hilarious. I couldn't take it, though. It was... Yeah, it was a little much. I did it to make my grandmother happy. When you were an altar boy, did they have the bell still? Do you remember the bell? Uh, yeah, I think they had the bell. They never had that. I was so mad because I think they got rid of it the year I became an altar boy. But that was like, I think that's the most I wanted to do. Uh, Alex doesn't know. He's a he's a he's of Jewish descent. <laughs> the priest would hold up the communion or whatever. Like, we'd like, bless the communion and hold it up to, you know, show fucking some asshole in the sky. Yeah. And then one of the kids would be holding this bell and just like, bah, 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 boom, just ring the bell every time he did That's it. That's funny. They got rid of the damn bell. My favorite uh, church moment was when my godson was baptized. I remember just as the priest held him up in his hand, like, you know, the big ceremony. Kid shit himself. Them like most liquidy <laughs> gross shit, like leaking out the diaper. Uh, like there you go, kid, right on that. Man. White that is my godson. Sash. That is my godson. <laughs> and he grew up to be a Bruins fan, just like his godfather. Where's uh where do you sit on the religion side now? Oh fuck no. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no I wasn't even into it as a kid, really. My grandmother Apparently, used to tell my mom, she'd always say, it'd be nice to have a priest in the family. My mom would be like, get out of here, lady. That ain't happening. What brought you to be an altar boy? I just wanted to like, do something to make my grandmother. Was it No, no, no. I knew my grandmother would like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just loved my grandmother. She was really good to me. And I was like, I'll do it and see, make my mayor happy. <laughs> no, I get that. I had a bit of that, but I had um, a cousin die when I was 10. He was 17. Man. And uh, I don't know, you just get very confused. And I went to a Catholic school because my family's a bunch of idiots. Mm. Um, and uh, they were like, we're looking for altar boys. And I was like, I could try this, you know, like you want to, because you're curious what the fuck's going on. I'm 10 yeah. years old. People are dying in my life. So I was just trying to figure it all out. And then, uh, God, I hated fucking doing it, man. Yeah, I didn't do it very long. I think I did it for like a few weeks. And I'm like, this isn't for me. Yeah, no, it was the thing like. Uh, How long did you do it for? I don't know. Maybe two years. But Oof. it was like, it wasn't. 
maybe by the, the last year it was like once a month. I, uh, they put me on the schedule. We were so disrespectful. We were like, I didn't like ever hang around, like, because that's how that's how kids get molested. That they fucking hang around the church. <laughs> what are you trying to tell us, Potato? Well, I think my uh, my parents knew knew <laughs> the the rumors going on because we lived about a fifteen minute drive to the church, so it was impossible for me to ride my bike or anything. So when I had to be an altar boy, my dad would drop me off right like ten minutes before. Pick me up right afterwards. Uh, so there was no like, the priest never got me alone. <laughs> no, we uh, we were pretty disrespectful to the priest. I remember if he would have uh, molested us, it would have been a hate fuck. And, like, <laughs> we, uh, his name was his last name was Zuma. We always called him dumbass. <laughs> yeah, he did not like us very much. The priest. I, I don't want to say his full name because the first name makes it even funnier. But if I say it, then. People might know, and I don't want to disrespect him because he's probably passed away. The, the priest I served under, uh, Father Greco, I don't know. I think his first name might be Peter Greco. I don't know. The piece of shit is in jail right now. <laughs> he was fucking kids. You feel left out? I do have a joke about that, uh, but um, I don't know uh, if it was anyone in my age group. Cause like yeah, the only keep telling yourself that no, potato, no, I, I, I would know <laughs> and fuck up. I'm running out of material. I would be using that, <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it was like kids came forward from the seventies and this, he got busted after he'd already left our church and was somewhere else, Man, but nobody I know of like from my age group has come forward. So Oof. I don't know, maybe, uh, who fucking knows? It's all weird, weird shit, man. Yeah. I don't know. Who wants to fuck kids? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not for me. <laughs> no, I like me a mature woman. This podcast comes out on Monday. We're f- recording it Tuesday. Tomorrow, my lady friend turns 40 years old. Oh, man. That's how I like my women. 40. Aged perfection, 40. that one. There you go. Beautiful woman. Nice. She'll, she won't hear this. She, I, she, I think she stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone stops listening. That's good. You didn't get fucked by a priest. No. Ne- neither of us. Could. You know what? We should go out and fuck a priest just to get our revenge. There we go. I'll meet you there. <laughs> I'll hold him down. You come in for sloppy seconds. <laughs> like, am I good enough now? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, did you play sports growing up? Uh, I tried. I was really accident prone. I was sign up for hockey. Mm-hmm. And I was playing with some friends after school one day that lived across the street from my grandmother's. And I remember jumping off the porch and breaking my tibia. Jesus. And my poor mom, my poor single mom had just bought me all brand new equipment. And I had only played one practice. So I couldn't play. That happened in September. And uh, next next year, the gear wouldn't fit me. (laughs) So I didn't play. A couple years later, I signed up for, I believe it was soccer. And as... I was about to start playing. It was like indoor soccer or something. It was in September again. I got hit by a car. Jesus, man. Uh, yeah, crossing. How old are you now? Nine. You get, like smoked by a car? Yeah, or? yeah. I broke my femur into a V, Ugh. ending at my knee, and broke my ankle. Fuck me running. So, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I was in intensive care for a few weeks, and... Uh, yeah, it was all right. You know, didn't do much. Chilled out. <laughs> got a Nintendo with all the money I got from <laughs> Get Well cards. I'm very scared of getting hit by a car in this city. I think because uh, oh, absolutely, they're fucking assholes in the city, especially with street cars. I work for CTV, so all day this TV in my office is on fucking CP24. 
mm-hmm. and just awful headline after awful headline after awful headline. And every single day in this fucking city, someone gets run over. Oh, and yeah. it's fucked, man. And people, it's, I drive around the city and people are just w- staring at their phones, crossing against lights. Like nobody fucking gives a shit. No, people are just. My new thing now is if I'm stopped at a light and somebody's crossing, just staring at their phone, I'm hammering the horn, just staring uh-huh. the fuck out of them. And I'm not even going to change my facial expression. They're not even going to know I did it. <laughs> just getting these fucking sunglasses, just sitting in a car stone face. That's and Shit in their pants. But You know, people, cars in the city are not so. The amount of times I've almost Well, that's smoked. the thing, too. Like, people texting in their cars, taking corners without No, looking. the worst is getting off a streetcar and they don't give a shit. And they just blow by the open doors. The mm-hmm. amount of cars I've gone up in Yorkville, there's a particular corner, which is really bad, too, an avenue in Davenport. Nobody yeah. looks when they're turning right there. They're always looking left. And the amount of cars I've kicked the door in around there mm-hmm. and, and like just in my neighborhood getting out the streetcar or just yell gone right into the windows. And, what the fuck are you thinking, <laughs> Matt? Like, just I'm lucky I haven't been in a fight, but I've gone into some people's faces. I think you should be able to lose, lose your license like that. You ever ride a bike in the city? No. Can you imagine me on a bike? That's hilarious. I, <laughs> like, it would look too funny. Short little fat guy on a bike. I'd look like a fucking circus bear. You tell me to ride a scooter while you're at it. Give him a unicycle. Fucking motorcycle. Imagine me on a motorcycle. I'd need to get a fucking custom tiny motorcycle. That one day I'd come out of a bar with like some fucking chick and there'd be a kid sitting on it or something showing their dad, look, I could ride a motorcycle. Oh, that'd be funny. Can't ride a bike. You pick up a chick, she takes you home in her sidecar of her motorcycle. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Get no, in. No, I can't ride it. No. I bought a stationary bike. It was really expensive. And when I tried it at the store, I had my boots on. And then when I tried it at home, I was wearing Couldn't my reach. sneaker. No. <laughs> no swear bone. It was one of those where the bars weren't up straight. It was the ones where it's like a racing bike almost. Yeah. I ended up giving it away because it was just, I kept almost falling off it when I would ride. I, I bought a uh, an exercise bike that was like, it was one of these like kind of fold away a bit so you mm. could store it easily. And uh, so I bought this thing because I lived in a very tiny apartment and I was like, I got to do something. So I bought this exercise bike. I get it. I'm over the weight limit when I get it. Like I looked at it, I was like, I, I'm 10 pounds too heavy to ride this <laughs> So I'm just like, I got to lose weight to start exercising That's hilarious. this fucking thing. No. I, 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 don't, I just used it anyway. I used it about for like three weeks and then I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and then just started hanging clothes on it. There you go. And now, they're, they're good with that, too. Now I think it lives on uh, Pew's Balcony, who I believe uses it pretty much every day. There you go. Yeah. And I'll give mine a Horwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get on it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. And then when I was 12, I was signed up for, or I wasn't signed up, but I was going to get signed up for football. Mm-hmm. My mom's cousin was a coach, and uh, he kept telling me I'd be a good fullback. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. I'll try that. It looks like it'd be fun. And I was really pumped. And then I fell down the stairs and shattered my ankle in three places <laughs> again in September. Oh, Had to get surgery on it. And I'm shorter than I should be. I should be around your height because of that ankle break. I uh, broke a growth plate. Jeez. Yeah, I should be like 5'9", five, 5'8". Five, Did your other leg grow, though? It's. I guess it's like a, a like a center that tells your your body uh, okay. to grow. Yeah, it's not like not each Because I've leg seen like the, the people with the big thick soles and the little sole. Yeah, yeah, no, the legs are the same length. It's just uh, I guess that growth plate in particular is in control of. Yeah. Jeez, I think that's your um, your uh, inner conscience there. Your uh, your 
subliminal fat guy yeah throwing you down every time you think there's going to be exercise (laughs) (laughs) no that one i remember i had a my mom had just like fucking spent so much money on me for back to school shit and it was all Ocean Pacific, nice. fucking chip and pepper, and it was just oh, piled buddy, high. We are from and the same era. My uncle Bob was visiting. I wanted to show him all my cool new shit, and I just it was piled up in front of my face and <laughs> down the fucking stairs. Yeah, it was fucking. <laughs> Look at my new equipment. You fall in it. Well, it doesn't work. <laughs> but that's when I think like that's probably why I'm a comic is a lot of those moments, just in the sense that if I would have been an average size dude. None of that happens. I probably play hockey. Mm-hmm. Then I become one of those fucking dudes, <laughs> right? All right. I probably become like average sized dude, douchey hockey player who's not all that good because he's not big enough to play. And then I, like, you know, probably have a fucking mouth on me and probably <laughs> fucking fight a little bit. This is Maybe, explaining my hockey career. Yeah, right here. <laughs> probably go to like join a fraternity in college or some dumb shit like that. Then not start stand up. Until I'm like 30, you know? <laughs> uh, you, you started uh, doing improv in high school? Yeah, I was 15. Were you solo or did you have a troupe? What it's were you punishment. Doing? It was punishment? Yeah. It was more... Wasn't like so drama much, class? It wasn't so much punishment as it was like a uh, teacher just trying to steer me in the right direction. Okay. I was a bit of a pain in the ass in class. I think I was funny. I wasn't a dick to other students. Your teacher recognized that you needed an outlet. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, buddy, I'm tired of giving you detention. So how about uh, you go do some improv for a little bit? Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. So I did French Catholic improv. French Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Fuck. Tell me you got an old VHS of that going on somewhere. Must be something somewhere. Yeah. I don't think... have any of it. Uh, no. I got one of those old. Trust me, I'd like to see it too. I got uh, I got all videos from back in the day. Remember those like little tapes that yep. you stick in a big VHS? Yes, tape? sir. I got so many of those. My friends just drunk and fucking uh, doing crazy shit. I'm like I should dig- digitize those. That's funny. Yeah, all that old grainy fucking crap. Yeah. The '90s, baby. We went wild. Yeah. Ocean Pacific t-shirts and just Boom. having a good time. I loved OP. Those t-shirts over the long sleeves, but there's no real long sleeve shirt underneath. Yeah, it yeah, was, it was just a long sleeve sewn, sewn in. Into the yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the sleeve equivalent to a dicky. Yeah. <laughs> As was the style. Slickies. Of time. And if you do really cool uh, flannel shirt tied around your waist. Fucking hyper color. <laughs> hyper color. Which you could not wear as a fat kid. I got a bit about that. Where it's, <laughs> you kept sweating. <laughs> yeah. Because then you like, I always had the lines under my fat fucking little boy tits and the big circle where my fucking cavernous belly button was. Oh, man. I look like the fucking Kool-Aid, man. <laughs> hyper color shirts going crazy. I should have worn my Varney yeah. France t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone's always like, well, is that tie-dye? I'm like, oh. <laughs> Plus it's like, it's like wet in the back and that's another shade uh, like, yeah those shirts are not made for fat kids so man. weird but if they should have just made part of it for fat kids like the front should have like turned <laughs> into like a superman logo or something <laughs> when you sweat they're like oh my god is he a superhero just something something cool <laughs> just don't show my fucking man titties oh funny <laughs> 10 so you're 15 you start doing improv you a popular kid in high school yeah it's pretty popular i didn't really hang out with any one crew Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on like I was friends with everyone, nerdy kids and jocks yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, weird kids and everything and accepting of everyone. Yeah, I don't know. I just every I didn't have brothers or sisters, so it was just I don't know. I liked friends; they were fun mm-hmm. to be around. Yeah. And uh, 
I ended up doing a lot of fundraising and stuff because they would do that at the bingo, which was near my mom's house. Okay. So come grad time, I did was a mom of, at bingo a lot. No, my mom never played bingo. My mom played bingo. Yeah, she quit once you couldn't smoke in there. <laughs> See, that's when I was volunteering at the bingos back when you could smoke, yeah. and it was heinous, man. When and, did you start smoking? Uh, when I was, I don't know, like off and on. Like when you were a yeah. kid, though. Yeah, like when I was like twenty, and then stopped and started again a little bit later, then stopped. Well, you're smoking now, though. Yeah. What are you, my mom? I'm just, man. <laughs> we're just finding out about you. I'm, but, a, I'm an ex-smoker. Yeah, yeah. Quit uh, eight years. That's cool. It feels good to quit. And that became a part of, like, my first set. But, uh, yeah, in high school. Like doing the fundraising, just doing the talking on it and everything? Well, I, a lot of my bits were about the bingo and, like, people I would see at the bingo. Because uh, it was a cast of characters. I still think it'd be a fantastic sitcom set in a bingo parlor. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's a whole ecosystem. It's fascinating, man. Like, remember the lady who always made me give her cards that had 13 in the top corner? <laughs> Superstitious. Yeah, just don't fuck with it. How many dabbers did she have? Oh, man. Like, some, it was just, they all had their thing. It was fucking hilarious. And uh, one of the things we got by doing that volunteering was we got a. Uh, a bunch of uh, free, you could get like a free prom ticket. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a bunch of them because I was volunteering all the time. I was up the street, so I ended up giving a bunch away to like the- Four hard- dates? Yeah, to, no, <laughs> some of the, the hard to do kids that were in my grade. Oh, look at you. Yeah, because all my friends are pissed at me, but I remember my buddy Matt, like I went to his place and he lived in Canada, which is like a rich suburb. And they had an in-ground pool with a water slide and a pool house. And the speakers were built into rocks and shit. And he was a great dude and a great friend. But I was like, I'm pretty sure Mac can pay for his own fucking prom ticket. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or why, he can volunteer. Like why are you worried about a freebie? One. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember if he in particular was Matt. But he was on us thinking of all my friends were kind of of that demographic outside of a couple that I went to grade school with. Like my buddy Andre was from the neighborhood. And to this day, is still my very best friend. And you know, closest thing to a brother that I'll ever have. But uh, yeah, I just gave tickets to people that I figured wouldn't have gone if they didn't get a free ticket. You're a good guy, Ben Miner. Yeah, despite the system, man. (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) What about uh, the ladies like you back in the day? No, God, no, no. no. Rough go when you're a young buck? I didn't have any confidence. I didn't really try either. There's like a bunch of girls that I was enamored with. Mm -hmm. uh, I gave, I was, uh, I gave a lot of girls their first flowers and then (laughs) And fucking got scared. (laughs) And they kept their flowers. Yeah. No, I remember Kim, Kim Doliato that I went to grade school with. Uh, names, I like. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we still were friends <laughs> on uh, Facebook. I remember being in grade school, like grade three, writing her poems and shit. <laughs> As a romantic little French kid. Yeah, it was funny. That's funny. But yeah, I didn't, uh, not till I, honestly, not till I started stand up. Yeah. You know, that like chicks gave a shit. Well, it, uh, the stand up gives you confidence. Which is weird. I had, uh, I didn't start like stand up until I was in my 30s. I was 18. Um, but I already had more confidence than I needed. Yeah. And then stand-up just fucking threw that, blew that through the roof. Like, yeah, no shit. you got to be confident as fuck. I've seen your fiance. <laughs> <laughs> that is the work of a very confident, self-assured man. Yeah, Jesus uh, Christ, she's a stunner. I know. It's funny. I, uh, she, uh, she she introduced me to somebody when sometime, one time. I was like, uh, this is Jeff. And like, oh, the comedian. You're funny. I'm like, well, why are you asking that? Yeah. <laughs> We're both standing here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a fucking hack, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, it's just, it's like, uh, I don't know. I've, I've never had a problem talking to girls, uh, like 
breaking the ice with girls. Like I could just go up to complete strangers in bars and because I always just figured like what they're gonna say no, big fucking deal. Yeah, I was better at that in my twenties when I was mm-hmm. doing stand up. Now it's a different climate now, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I'm weird looking. I feel like <laughs> go up to a girl in public. I don't know. It's like, well, fuck, who am I? Why I would I think do you're, that to Are her? you allowed to talk to people in public anymore? Or does I'm sure you can, but I don't want device. to. It's just off, like, <laughs> what an off-putting moment that could potentially be. Fucking, I walk up to a chick and they're like, ugh, God. I like to be, meet my girls in the city the old-fashioned way. Grab that Now magazine, flip right nah. to the back, and start dialing. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Greek. That's what I like. Boom. That's anal. If you're wondering there we go <laughs> potato uh, i'm kidding I'm, I, I'm not an ass man i hear they're serving greek at the wedding <laughs> you know i've never been uh been a fan of the back door it's i don't not, buy uh, that eh, it was uh i don't know you, you obviously do it but it's not <laughs> you obviously do it well, at one point you're you're with somebody so long you're just like okay well what else can we try <laughs> no but it's just Every time I've done that with a girl, I've always just, I don't know, it just hasn't felt right. Like, it's just, it's not the hole I prefer, is what I'm trying to say, okay? There you go. It's my third favorite of the holes. That's okay. But I still, it's still a favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Just the least favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, if ear, I guess, would be the least favorite. Ever come in a girl's ear? I hope you can't fucking ear. Oh, you just finish in there. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a candle making technique. If you stick a wick in it, <laughs> baby, don't move. <laughs> I prob I I had a girlfriend who probably would have let me do that. Yeah, <laughs> probably should have tried that. Oh well, regrets. Eh? Regrets. Regrets. <laughs> it's weirdest thing you ever did. Oh, I came in a girl's ear. Uh, <laughs> Why? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't fun for either of us <laughs> just, just awkward that's not even a good story to tell you just seem fucking awful <laughs> right everybody's sitting around the table swapping stories like oh yeah one time one time one time came in a girl's ear They're like what the fuck man what's wrong with you did she know yeah yeah no she was cool with it. Like, why did you table it it's a really weird thing to suggest like oh no it's fucking hilarious though right no it's more like guys you fucking do it come on <laughs> no it's yeah i know man you gotta leave it's <laughs> a friend you stop hanging out with oh too good There's, yeah. i guess you could probably find that on the internet ear yeah, porn probably yeah they got they got they're sticking in every fucking hole on the internet man i've seen it i've seen it <laughs> yes you have <laughs> uh okay so um you're uh you're finishing high school you got uh, you got a bit of improv under your belt yeah man um, I graduated with honors, by the way. Nice. And when I got my diploma, I dipped and kissed the principal. It was an old, like, large retired nun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did she enjoy it? Yeah, she laughed. Biggest thrill of her life. She didn't know way, man. She was badass. She drove a Harley. A nun drove a Harley? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. She fucked for sure, right? Eh? Yeah, I don't know about that, but she was badass. She broke her shoulder one year skidooing and ended up going off trail and into a tree. Do they wear their habit on the skidoo, you think? She was a former nun. Oh, okay. But okay. I think safety first, right? Yeah. Always wear your habit while skidooing. <laughs> <laughs> it's on top of the helmet. If anything, it keeps your ears warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said you started comedy at like stand up first time 18 yeah so you're still in high school when this happens yeah yeah i'm in oic okay you bring all your friends down or is there just something you go down here uh i told two friends and then like 
20, 25 showed up. Yeah, I packed the room yeah. the first time I ever did stand-up. And at that point, I had already worked on Tom Green's show for a couple seasons. Oh, really? What were you doing yeah. on there? I was an intern when I was like also 15. Okay. And uh, I interned at a production studio called Lacewood Productions in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And they did a bunch of cartoons, uh, teddy bears picnics, stuff like that. And I was an artist in high school. I drew a lot. And my plan at that point was to become an animator, to become an artist. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough, and I guess it wasn't normal for 15-year-olds to get internships like that, and I got one, and I put myself into the program. They're like, well, I guess you can do it. I'm like, yep. <laughs> and then I uh, did the internship, and the first live-action show they were producing was Tom Green's show, and at that point, he was just on Rogers Television. Yeah. And I get there for my first day, and I go, this is a cubicle we'll be sitting in. I look, and it's Tom Green sitting off to the side wearing headphones, singing along to Biggie Smalls. <laughs> I'm like, this is dope. First day. Yeah, first day. And then, uh, yeah, he would, like, crank all my friends for me. And <laughs> and from there, I ended up working on a show for two seasons, thanks uh, to a wonderful lady named Marilyn Reed, who also produced The Buzz. Oh, and, I remember uh, The Buzz. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Moe and Derek. She produced uh, Babar and Family Christmas, a bunch of movies. Like, she's one of the most inspiring human beings I've ever known and just <laughs> incredible in every sense of the word. And Yeah, thank her, man. She listens. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Marilyn Reed, yeah. She knows I love her, but in case she doesn't, I love you, Marilyn. <laughs> nice. And uh, she was just dope. And after my internship finished, about a year later, I get a call from her. And she goes, Ben, it's Marilyn. Would you like to be part of the gang green? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she had sold at the Comedy Network. She had branched off on her own, and she liked me. And then uh, I was a production assistant and assistant director on Tom's show for the two Comedy Network seasons. Okay. And uh, They didn't take you to L.A. with them, eh? No, nah, I was still in high school, right? When you say you intern, um, like, is it for high school credit, or mm-hmm. is this, like, like, are you doing it during the day? It was during the day. It was half the day. Half the day. And it alternated afternoons and mornings. I forget what the exact schedule was, but uh, yeah, I think like it was Monday, Tuesday was like in the morning, then, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was in the afternoon or something like that. And yeah, I got X amount of credits for it. Nice. Yeah. I told you the other day, my interning story was I was teaching kids shop class that came from elementary schools around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. High yeah, school, yeah. And I was the teacher's assistant uh, in the shop class and I got busted helping these kids make a bong. Yeah. And then... I tried to deny, and I was like, I didn't know. I don't know what they're making, man. <laughs> because the teacher took me aside, like, what the hell are you helping them make? And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. They asked me to drill a hole. That's hilarious. Like, they're making a pot pipe. And I'm like, uh-huh. I, not at that age. He's like, oh, they start young. And I was like, well. But, uh, yeah, those yeah. kids are probably stoned out there today. Uh, maybe. For my help. Here's hoping. <laughs> um, so, you go, uh, you're working on Tom Green. You're still in high school? Yeah. <clears throat> like, what's that? schedule like then like after so the sh- hours during the day the show just shot over like three days they would shoot back to back to okay, back okay, to back okay. to back so it was really just a three four day commitment okay and it was just on set if you watch those old episodes you can see me in the background of a bunch of them yeah because those are just like he's in studio stuff is just that, these are the things i've been doing all week and well there was the video it right? was at arts court and there was an audience yeah yeah and i don't i don't know if you remember the episode where he chainsawed a raccoon in half I think I remember. I used to watch them. I had to pick up the back end of that fucking raccoon. <laughs> it was disgusting. It was one of the most disgusting things I've ever had to do or smell. And Did you have to clean up the set when he ripped it apart and skateboarded it? No. No? No. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm out of here. That. But yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, man. That was the year. The second season was here. I had transferred to my OAC school, so I showed up and I was a cool kid that was 
working on Tom Green's yeah, show. Yeah, because he's he's huge. Yeah, at that point especially in Ottawa because yeah, yeah. he was already was, a huge star because of the the Rogers show. Yeah, it started locally. Yeah, uh, I can't do that shit anymore. No, no, unfortunately, it's a whole new world. Um, so that's I guess this is your inspiration to go to uh, television broadcasting for. For yeah, college. so I go to TV broadcasting. And Wasted I mean, that year in OAC to go to community college? What are you doing, man? Well, if you want to make money, I mean, you don't need a doctorate in communications to make a TV show, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> I knew what I wanted to do. I was always focused. And then I remember that was my plan in high school. I was Television gonna, broadcasting? <clears throat> no, my plan in high school was to be a mogul of some sort. <laughs> after Because what happened with the internship at the animation studio was the last month of my internship – I'd say close to three quarters of the studio got laid off because the production fell through. And I was like, all right, I don't think I want to do this. This doesn't seem like a stable fucking thing to do. And it turned out none of them were salary. They're just like contract. I'm like, nah, fuck this. And drawing was always fun for me, but frustrating as hell too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't uh, an easy process. Like you still it, doing drawings? I tried to pick it up a little while ago on my tablet and I surprised myself and I did a few cool things. There's a, if you dig through deep on my Facebook, you can find some high school shit that I did way back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I just don't have time. It's something that I would really, 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 really like to get back into. Yeah. Cool. What uh, what college you go to again? Sorry. Tell- Algonquin. Algonquin. Yeah, I was at Fanshawe College doing the same thing. TV broadcasting? TV broadcasting. Yeah. Still working at CTV. Up- the similarities God, keep on coming, buddy. Buddy, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. I I, uh, I even kept from you that I was also the mascot at my high school. <laughs> was it a Viking? <laughs> no, it was not. That would have been funny. It was an un- unsanctioned mascot. Uh, it was something uh, a couple guys on the football team bought me this costume they're like show up at the game with this uh because we were the trojans and it was a Co- captain condom outfit uh had a big condom on my head a cape and i just threw condoms out to the crowd that's funny <laughs> and uh that's the teachers didn't take too kindly to it no. <laughs> i didn't think they would no nah, well what are you gonna do what do you do once you get out of college then uh so your program yeah but i did it in a year and a month because they offered a specialty program uh, after my first year, it was like a test thing where you learned everything from second year in one month. Mm-hmm. And Adobe Audition, not Audition, Adobe Premiere and fucking After Effects and all that yeah, shit. I could never do After Effects. Yeah, I was really good at After Effects. I ended up getting a job as an editor uh, briefly. But before that, I got a TV show that I co-hosted that never got picked up. Okay. But it was called Marshmallows for Breakfast. And I went all over North America. Well, not all, not all over, from Michigan to uh, PEI. Really? And a, a van, a big club wagon van with some uh, some people who went on to become some of my very best friends. Uh, Matt Quink was a director who's since passed away, unfortunately. And Christian Beals was a DOP. My buddy Nick Selsky was a producer and host, and I was a co-host. And how old are you at this point? 18. 18? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, things are going good at that point. I'm done stand-up uh done with high school college i've done tom green show mm-hmm. and i got this thing the show never got picked up but it was a good experience yeah they're all good experiences man that's what we're here for yeah. potato files put this on the resume yeah <laughs> Boom. yeah from there i did the editing job and i worked on a show called the canadian farm and it was as fun as you would think the dude i worked for though jonathan was fucking awesome mm-hmm. he was the dopest guy canadian farm yeah didn't see that one there's some tapes i gotta get that jonathan recorded because jonathan was like an old hippie dude and just really you have cool. any footage of this show that you hosted 
Yeah, it's out there somewhere. I should yeah. try to get my hands on some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'd rather get my hands on is the stuff where John Steinberg quickly became my best friend. Love Steinberg. And uh, he started six months after I did in stand-up. And uh, my boss, Jonathan, at this editing gig, he was a big fan of comedy, but like the old school shit. And he loved those old Peter O'Toole albums mm -hmm. where he'd get hammered. And uh, who did he do? It was Peter O'Toole and... Uh, Fucking give it a Google. Yeah. Google man? Yeah. Peter O'Toole's albums back in the day when you would drink. Ah, fuck. And Dudley Moore, I think it was. No? Was it Peter O'Toole and Dudley Moore? I don't, I don't know, man. So we'll Google it and find out. Um, but yeah, they would just get like drunk and record albums together and be funny. And <laughs> Jonathan's like, you want to do that with your buddy John? <laughs> and there's that audio out there from multiple sessions of me just riffing off John. I remember there was one moment where I was like, John. We're going to freestyle. I think you could freestyle. John's a big hip hop fan. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll do a little freestyling. I'm like, right on. I go, I'll do the beat. All right. It's a good job. No, no, no. That's not it. was the other way. You beatbox and I'll freestyle. That's what it was. And then he's like, eh, okay, I'll beatbox. And it was the most fucking non-human sounding shit I've ever heard in my in my my life. It was like, and I just kept fucking letting him do it and do it and do it. And I never jumped in. And he goes, nah, you son of a bitch. You're not doing it. Oh, yeah, let me see. Uh, but yeah, Steinberg was like instantly my best friend. I think one of the funniest things I ever saw was Andrew Barr posted a joke about Steinberg, but it was so funny. He said, uh, he said, the funniest thing he can imagine is John Steinberg and Jeff McHenry trying to pass each other in a narrow hallway. <laughs> yeah, that was a great post. <laughs> but I was like, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, they used to do stuff where, yeah, they would just kind of get liquored up. And I got to get my hands on that audio. I know it's there somewhere. Mm -hmm. I keep threatening Steinberg that I have it kicking around somewhere. And if he fucking, fucking pisses me off, I'm going to post it. I've got, a, I've got a DVD somewhere of all the shit we did in college. And it was, uh, I don't know, man. I did some painful shit that I don't, I don't ever want to see surfaced. <laughs> the college shit. I'd be curious to see if any of that ever comes out. I did one sketch where I was, uh, I was Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it was fucking terrible. <laughs> well, Dora and I went to the same college. He was a year ahead of me. Okay. Yeah, and I'm then a television broadcaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Green took the same one. Norm Macdonald, Greg Lawrence was a big comedy writer and producer. Yeah, I don't even know how I ended up in it. I think my uh, guidance counselor in high school. One time it was like, just go take broadcasting. They'll let anyone in. I, well, I got like, in okay. because Marilyn wrote me a letter. Ah, I uh, I didn't get in my first crack at I was not a good uh, student in high school. Uh, I just kind of like floated by and just just barely got through. And then, uh, so I didn't have a very good uh, transcript going uh, when I sent it off. So I, yeah. got, uh, I got accepted to general arts and science. So I'm like, I'll just go do a year of that and then they'll let me in. And sure enough, that happens. So. Yeah. That's lucky. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's useless. Like, I, I've been working in TV for 15 years, but I don't think I've used a single thing I learned at college. My work didn't even know that I had taken broadcasting when they hired me. <laughs> like, oh, that helps. Yeah, yeah. I never handed in a resume. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, You, we went to college around the same time. It was like during the switchover of analog to like high def yeah and digital. Everything was fucked and our studio everything was fucking old school shit was beef still running the shows back then uh, i don't remember working with beef 
back then at all because I wasn't doing stand up or anything. And I wasn't. Yeah, but he was always he was like a dude on campus. People seem to know, so maybe he wasn't there back then. I I never really hung out. Beef was the entertainment director for a gig you would do at Fan. Yeah, yeah, I've worked with Beef for a couple shows. Yeah, he's a good dude. I just uh, I don't remember him from when I went there, which is weird because I was I was on student council in college as well. They gave me yes. a. It was a student administrative council, and they gave me a hoodie that said sack across it. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice. You got a kick me sign for my back? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So a few buddies took liberties when they read the sack. No doubt. <laughs> like, okay. It's always a shitty move. I had a buddy. Who, I, he still does it to this day. If he gets fucking drunk, he's coming to fucking give your nuts a backhand. Give you a little ball tap. Yeah, I hate See, that's it. a game you don't want to start with me because I'm short. And I don't <laughs> I'm need already to lean down over. here, baby. I don't know. I don't need. I don't need to lean over. You got to tell, right? Because you're all taller than me, and if I see it coming every time, there's gonna be a little hunch. I could just be standing there and then whap, no shoulder dip or nothing. Do not fucking start with ball tag with me, motherfucker. I will destroy you. Ben Miner will destroy you at ball tag. Oh God, yeah. I think we just named the episode there, Alex. <laughs> he's not even paying attention anymore. No, he's tuned out. He usually doesn't even sit in here for the whole time. He usually gets to levels and then goes and cries in his bedroom or something. There we go. <laughs> honored. But he's, he's feeling good today, I guess, eh? <laughs> How you doing, Alex? I'm great. That's good. That's he good. He doesn't want to talk off mic. He's so pro. <laughs> 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 Why don't you get a third mic? Don't you have a third mic? Do you really need me? To no, 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 no. Stop, <laughs> stop talking. You're killing me here. You're killing me. So, all right, we'll finish up with the, uh, you get college, you get, how do you get, you get serious XM job? Just, it's actually just XM back then. Yeah, yeah it was just XM. Just uh, through your connections working through comedy and TV? Kind of. Or? Mark Breslin was the program director and he had asked all his comics to write letters in support of the bid. Okay. Uh, but because I was living in Ottawa at the time, I wrote a letter and also requested to speak before the CRTC. Okay. And I was funny and I gave a funny speech and I remember I was supposed to speak on the Wednesday and everything got delayed and I spoke on the Thursday instead. And I started off my speech by saying, uh, none of you know me. I'm just a stand-up comic. I'm a new dude. You haven't seen me on TV or at any festivals or anything. If any of you recognize me, it's because I'm wearing the same suit I had on yesterday because I only have the one. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up being funny again with a couple different things. I actually called one of the commissioners Dr. Phil. And when I look back on that, I'm like, boof, because he's trying to grill me. I'm like, easy, Dr. Phil. Oh, that's great, man. And then uh, the New York Times did a story on a coming to Canada, and they were talking to people, and they kept bringing me up. They're saying that this comic was there, and he was in a black three-piece suit, and it was gold tie and gold shirt and gold pocket square <laughs> his hair was all crazy but it was funny when i look back i'm like the fucking balls on that kid man <laughs> strutting in like when did you lose the hair oh young like 25 yeah did it go quick or Went quick did you try and uh, hang on to it we were having there this was, conversation no, the other day no, with andrew bar there's no hanging on andrew bar is fucked up he should have fucking there's too much information for him. <laughs> it was different when I went ball. There wasn't that much shit available. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was just whatever, like 2005. <laughs> the Mar internet Mar's was just slowly was. watching it happen. Like, yeah. you, you can take measures. Yeah, no, he's a fucking <laughs> idiot. He should be really doing more with what he's doing. If he's doing nothing, and that fucking upsets me. I uh, No, mine is just horrible. There's no recovering. And by the time that I was like, oh, it's fucked. Mm -hmm. as, but whatever. I guess, uh, you know, do you know if dad was bald? No, he was bald, but it comes to the mom's side. 
And my whole family, fucking, we go to a wedding, we look like a carton of eggs. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, my mom got married last August, and I gave a little speech, and that was one of the lines that I'm like, if any of you are wondering who's with what part of the family, go the tall, athletic, good-looking people over there. That's Randy's family. And the ones on the right, the carton of eggs over there, go, those are my people. That's funny. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, I just had a thought, and it's fucking gone. I knew I yeah. should have got high. It was about my mom getting married. No, no, no. Oh, actually, um, it was because uh, when I first met you, you were uh, pro- you were definitely already bald. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um, but I never, you always wore a hat. Yeah. And uh, I saw last, it was like last year, you started embracing the baldness. Yeah, I'm just tired of hats. You're for just a tired bit, of you know? hats, and I guess I got an okay dome, mm-hmm. but it's just uh, I don't know. It feels weird because there's always that one hair that misses, <laughs> and I'm walking down, I just feel it fucking rattling around. <laughs> find it, yeah, and it just it kills me. <laughs> it kills me. But now I, I indulge myself by going to a barber once a month and having it done properly, and they yeah. trim my beard up and they do it all. <clears throat> Uh, nice and, and proper, and I don't have to do it because you lose like a lot. The, the moment your chin goes too far up, you can't see <laughs> where you want your beard to end properly. Oh, I know, I know. So my line always gets all fucked up. I go to this place uh, on Broadview. Uh, I was going there since I lived on the Danforth, and uh, the guys, I always get a dude's mom to do it. <clears throat> and she wasn't there one day, and he gave me such a chin strap beard. Yeah. I, was, I was like, what the, the pencil fu-? one? Yeah, I'm like, what the hell did you do? And then I went from there to pick Kira up from work. She gets in my car, looks at me, she goes, what the fuck happened to your face? Uh, and I was like, Jesus Christ, and I ended up like... Uh, going to snow for Halloween? Well, no, this was uh, this was <laughs> like a couple days before uh, before I was going to propose to it. I'm like, now I'm going to propose with this fucking chin strap. Oh, that's great. But uh, yeah. That's I, awesome. I don't know, man. I but now I I fucking yelled at the guy the next time because his mom wasn't there again. He's like, "I'll do you." I go, "You fuck up my beard again, man." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get my haircuts quarterly. That's funny. That's what I budgeted for. Every three months, I get him to cut it down real, real low, and then just uh, let it bush out. Yeah. See, I pay like thirty bucks plus tip for the beard trim and head shave because it's not a. Haircut. That's what I pay every three months. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. I should pay less. <laughs> I saw a guy at Carrados over there on. Uh, Bathurst one time when he didn't even take his hat off and got his hair cut uh, I was just funny. like what the fuck because I was uh it was I didn't want the guy that like he this guy was in front of me and uh, I was like okay this guy's finishing up his haircut I'll get the girl and then this guy sat down didn't even take his hat off just got his beard trim and he was out the door and then I got stuck with the uh the guy I was dreading was going to cut my hair and I was right as soon as I sat down he started talking to me and let me know he was a clown Wow. And he's like, sometimes after gigs, I like to walk home in my clown suit. I'm like, oh, fuck me. There you go. I'm going back to the Danforth. (laughs) Where's my my Sadie? That's who cuts my hair. She's a nice lady. Nice old broad. Uh, I I have hipsters to do mine. Yeah? The hipsters Uh, charge too much. uh, I I went for a haircut over here on this, uh, what's that uh, place just on Niagara there? Garrison. Garrison. And... um, the guy just gave me a quote. It was going to be sixty bucks with the beard, and I was like, uh, "What are you? What are you kidding me?" Yeah, no, I don't pay that. Yeah, I'm like, I, I got my own beard trimmer, pal. I can cut my own hair. <laughs> uh, I shave my own head for a fucking ever. Anyway, yeah, enough about this that. hair talk. Yeah. Um, but now uh, you've been at Sirius XM for thirteen years. Thirteen years. Fourteen involved with them just through like the CRTC process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's going good over there. You can just fucking. Pull- snap your fingers you get a show on the air yeah yeah that's it <laughs> that was more a lucky thing and i think i'm always talking about hoops and so so we're frank and brody so it's just kind of mm-hmm. yeah we should do that 
Nice. Well, yeah, it's not like I got extra money for it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just still a part of my job. Yeah. It's actually more work. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You, if the, unless you're a millionaire, you shouldn't be doing anything based solely on the money because at that point, the money matters. Mm-hmm. If you argue over a thousand bucks at this point, you're stupid because <laughs> that's just going to keep you from getting to that next point, man. I mean, you're going to mm-hmm. make that money up if you plan properly and if you work hard and if you actually have a bit of ambition and, and gumption and you don't wait for people to hand you shit. It's is, what it is. Is the basketball show seasonal? Yeah, we're on hiatus for the summer. It's going to be back in uh, September. Uh, should be dope, man. What about comic strip? How, how often That's every that? week. Monday is 8 p.m. Repeating at midnight. Saturday is at 8 p.m. Uh, not quite sure what I'm going to air this weekend, but this won't air by then anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah so Canada Day is going to be dope. We've got a bunch of cool stuff with that. Trev just came by. Do you do um, comic strip live or pre-recorded? Uh, it's always pre-recorded. So no call-ins or anything like nah, that? Nah, no time for that. Just you, one-on-one, kind of like this? Just, yeah, one-on-one, and then I give it to my uh, my wonderful producer and editor, Paul Paduch, who does all the tactical stuff with the channel, and he takes care of it. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little interview show. I've uh, interviewed everyone on it. I've had like, the cast of Family Guy and Cheech and Chong and Bob Newhart. You should have um, Alex Ross from Never Sleeps Network. Boom, right that's here, only right? the second time. you got to drop it two more. Well, here we here at Never Sleeps Network. What is it? It's Never Sleeps Network. Sometimes sleeps? <laughs> Never. Okay. Never Sleeps. Run by the wonderful Alex Ross over here. Um, that's where you can find us. Guys, where can you, we find you on the socials? People want to find you out there, follow you. Yeah, yeah. And- uh, ben Miner on Twitter and A Ben Miner on Instagram and Facebook. Ben Miner, M I N E R, of course, or all that stuff. And uh, yeah, man. Go get them. Go, go do it. And then, yeah, my shows and all that stuff. Yeah, find them out there. Um, and uh, we. We didn't even get into the whole serious XM top comic. Oh yeah, yeah, that's which was too. pretty much why we were <laughs> bringing you on to promote it. So let's give a quick little shout out to that. And, uh, yeah, people know a, what it is. It's a, a big competition we hold every year. This is year nine. We went uh, from one end of Canada to the other, looking for the funniest comics, and uh, you know, a bunch of them. Jeff was in it. Yeah, and he had a great set. Uh, pulled bullet. There you go. You pulled bullet. And I was the first one to draw too. I was the first one there. You had to draw numbers, and I was like the first one to draw number one. I'm like you. Must Motherfucker. Yeah, that always sucks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we still got some funny people that went through. Now there's 18 comics remaining, and there's going to be an online vote. When do the online votes start? End of July, and it goes on for about three weeks. And get uh, everything they need to do is just go to seriousxm.ca/topcomic. There's a bunch of uh, different videos, and you vote for the one that you like. And the campaign around it is always dope. I don't want to talk about what it is yet, but you'll see. It's uh, it's pretty fucking cool. Nice. And uh, guys, if you have a Facebook friend out there with the, who is in the contest, um, you're going to find out about it a lot throughout the summer. Well, it's a big prize, right? 25,000 yeah, yeah, tw- bucks. 25 grand, four JFL appearances across the world. Yeah, one's in Australia now. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's a big deal, man. And the TV taping. Yeah, everyone's, uh, everyone's uh, vying for it. And it's a good contest and it's good for comics. And what you do for comics over on that station is great. I should probably uh, get you some material. Maybe yeah, man, get off your ass. Radio. Make an album. I, uh, I, I have made one. We just, I didn't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, no, I've made two. I didn't like them. Yeah, I made, I'm on my second <laughs> one that I recorded, and I don't mind this one, so I'm going to release it. But I'm working on something special with that, too. Very so, nice. Uh, more to come. Uh, well, speaking of albums, we actually have a little treat at the end of this podcast. Um, a little shout out to our friend Hunter Collins. 
uh, who just released his sketch album, Nincompoop, available um, on iTunes and all the other platforms. Uh, we are going to uh, throw a little sketch from that nice. at the end of the podcast. Which one are you going to play? Uh, we're going to play uh, Planet Girth, okay. where I have phone sex with David Attenborough. Nice. So uh, stay tuned after the credits for that one, guys. And um, if you want to find me, guys, you know where I am every single Wednesday at the Underground Comedy Club doing Dope and Mike Comedy. Jeff Paul Comedy on all the socials. Other than that, guys, thanks for listening. Get out there, have fun. Stay tuned and listen to Hunter Collins' Nincompoop Planet Girth Sketch. Uh, and go find that album because it's really fucking hilarious, guys. Thank you very much for coming in, Ben. I much appreciate it. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, go check out Hunter's album. He's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, we had a good time. Goodbye, everybody. Ooh. Bye. God, I'm horny. Uh, hi, you've reached Jizz Gabbers, the phone sex hotline for all your phallic fantasies and cock talk. Please listen to our options. All right, let's see what they got for old Jeff's wank session here. To speak with a young twink, press one. For a mature man, press two. For a comatose man on death's door who defecates in a diaper and can barely mumble your name, press three. Jesus, I'll take the mature man. You've selected option two, mature man. Now, select your phone sex operator's personality. For a slack-jawed cum basket who won't ask questions and just swallow it all, press four. Seems a little crass. For a dignified gentleman who's handy with his mouth, press five. For a man who needs 45 minutes of preamble about the geopolitical ramifications of the Middle Eastern refugee crisis, press six. Good lord, I just want some normal phone sex. You've selected option five. Stay tuned for your Refined. Mature. Jizz Gabber Operator. Alright, this should be so fucking hot. Welcome to Jizz Gabbers. I'm your phone sex operator, Sir David Attenborough. Wow, David Attenborough? Aren't you the narrator of all those nature documentaries like BBC's Planet Earth? Yes, and I'm also the narrator of Planet Girth, featuring BBC's. Really, huh? Alright. BBCs, as in big black... Cocks! BBCs, right. Um, okay. I'm gonna be straight with you. It isn't easy to get aroused when you're so starstruck. But hey, a celebrity phone sex operator is pretty cool. Let's do this. Alright, um, I'm taking off your shirt. As the juvenile homo sapiens disrobes me, blood rushes to the extremities of my every appendage, revealing a surprisingly taut and resplendent body for that of an ideal old British man. Are those infected rattlesnake bites? No. Those are my nipples, rock hard and purplish yellow. Purplish yellow? Though not serving any biological purpose, they send your libido rocketing through the troposphere to soar alongside the peregrine falcon. Yeah, I don't know, man. Those nipples uh, aren't really doing it for me. I jam my gritty hands, liver spotted like that of the majestic jaguar, down the front of your spandex tights. Spandex tights? I'm wearing cargo I grasp shorts. your half-flaccid flesh gourd and find myself wondering if perchance this is the trademark nose of an elephant seal or even the proboscis of a lowland mandrill. Don't compare my dick to a monkey nose, man. One thing's for sure. 
we are about to witness this man drill you. For my now fully erect chubby cremini swells to the size of 14 aardvark toes. Is that good? How big is an aardvark toe? An erection so engorged, it can be seen from space. Holy cannoli, that was riveting. By far one of the most off-putting sexual experiences I've ever been privy to and completely ineffective. But your prose is unparalleled, sir. Next, I conjure saliva from my mandibles. Oh, there's more? Sure. As the common honeybee does. Where is that music coming from? I foam it around the ridges of your resplendent bunghole as you ignore the fungus that is absolutely thriving on my scalp. Your anus quivers with zesty anticipation reminiscent of the reticulated brush sparrow's cloaca. Truly a resplendent anus. That's honestly a huge compliment coming from you, Mr. Attenborough. Look, it was nice talking to you, but I don't think... Now, we must remain quiet so as not to startle the prey. Prey? As I enter you from behind, spelunking about the colonic caves as it were, pushing your digested fecal matter deeper inside you like a dutiful, sweaty dung beetle with zombie hair. A beetle that has developed prehensile arms with which to give you the elusive reach around. With each resplendent thrust, I David Attenborough deeper into Mount Butcula. Attenborough is pretty good. Mount Butcula, not so much. And you emit the mating call of the resplendent, reticulated emerald bird of paradise. How many reticulated species are there? Cuckoo cacala. Cuckoo cacala. As I withdraw to climax, your gaping stink sandwich stares back at me with the expressionless gaze of the great white shark. Dark, remorseless, resplendent. Again with the resplendent asshole? A gaper so wide, it can be seen from space. I mean, I'm as proud of the diameter of my gaper as the next guy, but it seems like you're exaggerating. With the striking coordination of a fruit bat, the manual dexterity of a city raccoon, and the putrid stench of a fruit bat, I wank you off into my mouth to completion with my creaming criminy pointed at the bed, unleashing resplendent simultaneous streams of onionagerism so massive they can be seen. From space. From space. This congealing spunk lake mirrors the expanse of 3,000 caribou hymen. How do you even know how wide a single caribou hymen it is? It will cost a pretty penny for even the most skilled dry cleaner to remove such caked stains from the bedspread. Look, I'm only on the line just to see how you're going to end. As I open my mouth to warn you that the most imminent threat to the planet is the continuous proliferation of man, come dribbles from my lips the same come responsible for overpopulation. What we've done here, all the ass-gaping and vivacious rusty tromboning... Whoa, you never rusty tromboned me. I did, I just didn't say it out loud. It was all truly a gift to the Earth. And for this, I bid you good night. Fucking right, they didn't even take my credit card number. Might as well try that comatose cum basket. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.
the five people still listening and mom. Thank you for listening to the Potato Files here on Never Sleeps Network. Now that you're done this, go check out another NSN podcast created right here in Toronto. Comedy and wrestling fans, check out Casey Corbin's wrestling podcast, Talkin' Wrestling, here on NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.